Movie Seasons is a Bottlehead Radio production. Downtown. Hello and welcome to Movie Seasons, the podcast where we look at a different category of cinema each season and at the movies that make that genre popular. From the sleeper hits, cult classics, box office smashes and the downright disastrous, we have it covered. So join me, Matt, and my brother Chris as this week we look at the third and final part of George A. Romero's original Dead trilogy. 1985 saw Day of the Dead chomp its way into cinemas, following on from its highly successful predecessor. It had an awful lot to live up to. A budget cut from 7 million down to 3.5 million should have been the warning signs. 50 degree Fahrenheit heat waves caused countless electrical and mechanical failures. Five script changes and scaling down set pieces had to be accounted for as well. Even though it had more than double the budget of the first two dead films, it managed just 35 million at the box office. The movie has, however, gained a large cult following over the previous years and is most definitely the superior over its more recent remake. George A. Romero stated that he wanted this to be the gone with the wind of zombie movies. This isn't the case, but more importantly, what this is, is one of the best looks at how two very opposing ideologies can ruin a perfectly good thing. Chris. Yes. When did you first see this <laughs> film? I saw this probably about seven, maybe, no, it must be more than seven, about ten years ago or more. Ten years ago or more? Yeah, quite a while ago. And what did you think of it then? Um, all I can remember from it, really, from thinking about the film back then, was the name Bob. That's all I can remember. Um, thinking of it back then. Bob. 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 Bob, not Bob. Not Bob. You sure? Yes. In the credits, it's Bob. B-U-B. B-U-B. Right. But you remembered Bob. Bob. Yeah. And did you like it back then? Uh, I did like it back then, yeah. Yeah? Oh, I did have a... I very much liked it. Do you want my full opinion on this film? Not... Not... Now, you, now you've watched it. Yeah. But what you remember... Well, I remember what I remember. What you remember. Did you remember liking it? Um, I can't remember much from it. One I can remember was Bob. Just Bob. 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 Yeah. Well, I... I watched Dawn of the Dead first. Mm. Then I watched Night of the Living Dead. Then I watched Day of the Dead. So no, I watched them a bit, watched them a bit backwards. Because like I said last week, when the remake of Dawn of the Dead came out, uh, the original Dawn of the Dead yeah. was going for like a fiver. So I went and bought that and watched that. And then I realised there was oh, these right, other two. Yeah. This was the middle one. So I watched the other two. <laughs> And I always remember Day of the Dead not sort of catching me as much. Sort of Day of the Dead didn't grip me as much this one. But we'll get into it in a minute. Mm. But first, I've got a story. I've got an update because I know one of the most popular things we've talked about so far is that bloody Jackdaw. True. Which is a. It was a bird, I think you said. A bird, right. Not a dog. So, not a dog. So, there's a dog called a jackdaw. No. No, there's not. What's Jack Russell. Jack Russell. Yes, Christopher. Jack Russell. A Jack Russell. Right. So, we went to Legoland on Sunday. Me, my partner, the boy, and Omar, your brother-in-law. So, we went to Legoland, and we sat having lunch, and we sat on a picnic bench, there was a tree behind us. So we all sat there, and I was sitting, you know, you know, you normally sit at a bench, 
I was sitting the other way, so my legs were sort of either side of the bit you sit on, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the boy was sitting on the table, had my arm around him, and he's eating his lunch. And Omar went, don't turn around. But obviously I did. And in the tree behind me, and it was sort of a low tree, but with long branches, it had uh, about seven jackdaws and about six pigeons in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I maybe weed a little. I was scared, right? So I thought it'd be funny to start throwing bread on the floor around me, and they all started jumping round and that. They're just like oversized crows, I think. Yeah, they're, they're vicious, big. right? They're vicious. I had no problems with them. Now I know what they are. Yeah, but Chris, they don't. They can smell the fear, right? Can Jack Russell smell the fear? Probably. Yeah, dogs have a habit of doing that. But anyway, this is only the beginning. So what happened was. Um, I was sitting there quite happily eating my sandwich yes I was worrying about the jackdaws and all of a sudden a pigeon landed on my head right it landed on my head right it was clawing into my head it was flapping its wings right because my little boy had put a bit of sausage roll on my head <laughs> right you notice no how did he reach up there because he was sitting on the table Oh. So he just reached oh, and put I it see. on my head, didn't know it was there. His pigeon was up on top of my head going, and this flying rat, right, flew off. Omar was in hysterics, he couldn't stop laughing. But anyway, I survived. I lived to, to tell the tale. Could have been worse, could have been a jackdaw. It was a jackdaw. It was a no, it was a pigeon. But there George. were jackdaws there. Yeah. I thought you said Jack Russell. <laughs> There's a Jack Russell on your head. There's a Jack Russell on my head, I don't know about that. But. No, and they were everywhere though. Because there was all tourists there, there were jackdaws and yeah, there were jackdaws and pigeons <laughs> everywhere. Kinda ruined my day. What was funny though was seeing um the Eiffel Tower made out mm. of Lego. Yeah. With a giant jackdaw sitting on top of it. Alright. So obviously it's a smaller version of the Eiffel Tower and it looked like a bird version of like King Kong. I know that's cool. the Empire State Building, but seeing a big jackdaw sitting on a scaled-down mm. model of the Eiffel Tower was quite funny. Hmm. Just fudge it out with you. Apparently <laughs> <Very> not. <laughs> right, Chris. Hello. We've got uh, the Patreon. Page? Patreon page. Yes. Which is patreon.com. Yeah. Just Forward search Radio. I'm ready this week. I messed this up last week. So, when you go onto Patreon, you can donate us. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm right. last And week. I started last week saying what the tiers were. There's different yeah. tiers. You get different things for how much you give. Mm-hmm. So, and I may have got it. Got it I've got now. it this week. Right. right. So, the lowest tier is £2, and that is a true bottle header. And you'll get a dedication on the show if you give that. Uh, the next one is uh, the £5 tier. Which is a prince of the bottlehead community. Uh, you'll that's get very a, nice. Yeah. Prince, a prince of the realm. You'll get a dedication. You can suggest what our top fives are each season, uh, and you can suggest an episode. Just our top five. What our top five episodes? No, our top five. You know the top five game that we do. Oh yeah. We have to suggest a top yeah. five. They can suggest Just. what the top five. Oh, is. suggest what yeah. the top five is. Okay. Uh, and the last tier is twenty pound a month. Uh, and you can suggest a season what we're going to do. A Please, whole nobody suggests what would you wipe your bum with 
in the zombie apocalypse if you ran out of toilet roll? In the top five? Yeah. Because oh, yeah. you pick five things you'd wipe your bum with and I think that's a bit... You shouldn't do that. Watermelon. What? Pineapple. Pineapple? Watermelon's probably a pretty good one. Carrot. No. No. Might have an accident. Um, so the third tier is legendary bottlehead, which is £20 a month. You can suggest a season. You can suggest a top five. And you'll get a dedication. So the season, you can literally mm -hmm. suggest an entire season, an entire eight season. episodes. Um, and this consideration would be taken quite seriously, is that, is that it what it is? indeed, yeah. Mm, right, heavyweight on this. If we get a lot of episode suggestions and... Please, nobody suggest musicals. Musicals or uh, rom-coms. Yeah. I'm not a big fan. But if they suggest it, I well, can, I can you know... If they suggest it, then yeah, okay. There's a good chance we're going to do it then. But I can watch a rom-com, but watching one a week for eight weeks... <laughs> Yeah, please nobody torture us no. doing this. Um, like we mentioned there, the top five. If you go onto our Facebook, you can see uh, what we're doing with that. It uh, What it is, is you suggest your top five survival tips and top five survival locations. And in the last episode of the season, we'll put them all together. We'll come up with a definitive top five mm. for, for each of them. Uh, so you can email us on... Uh, what's the email, Chris? Radio at outlook.com Yeah, or you can message us on Facebook. Uh-huh. Just type in Bothead Radio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously, a new thing that we've started is, at the end of the show, in the quiz section, we do <laughs> the linkity links. So, we are doing some bonus linkity links right. on the YouTube channel. On YouTube. Channel. So what do we have to say on YouTube? These are. Uh, Bottlehead Radio. Bottlehead Radio. And you can pretty simple, see this usually Bottlehead Radio. Yeah, Bottlehead Radio. Just Bottlehead Radio. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's some extra ones. There's on Linkity there. Link videos exclusive, these are. These won't be appearing in the this episode. episode. Yeah. Except at the end of the episode is the Empire 301 great yeah. films. Top films. Right. Should we get into Day of the Dead? Let's do it. I mean, I'm trying to put it off. We've got to get there. Oh, I'm starting to get a vibe that you don't like this film. So, we start in a town. Big sigh there. Oh, God, it's just a roll of the eyes and a big sigh. So, we start in this town, Chris. Actually, we start in the sky. Oh, no, we don't start there. We There's a dream. So, Sarah. She's is, a woman, yeah? Yeah, and she's asleep in I'm this so bed. I'm so names, right? I know. Wait, last a lot of names. Close to last week was the guy from the last film. Someone from the last film is going to be in this film. Right? Oh, the clue. Yeah. yeah. I'll get to it. Okay, don't forget okay. to it. I haven't forgotten. So, you got Sarah. Right. She's asleep in a what looks like a concrete bunker. Oh, right, yeah. yes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all these arms come through, and she's, yeah. she's dreaming. All these zombie arms come through, and they're trying to grab her. They're trying to get her. Yeah. And she's dreaming, yeah. Mm. What did you think? Um, I think that's a reasonable dream. Because in an, a zombie apocalypse... Mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to dream about much else besides zombies getting you. It would be a fear, wouldn't it, when you go to sleep? Yeah. Are they going to get me? Because in your sleep, you are more defenceless. Unless you wake up from it, we'll have people guarding you. So this is a very reasonable dream mm. to have. Yeah. I don't blame it having it. I'll probably have it myself. <laughs> There's a lot of hands coming through there, aren't there? There's a lot of they zombies probably, out there. They take the wall out nearly, don't they? There's a lot of zombies out there. There's a lot. Right. 
And then we cut to Sarah, and she's in a helicopter. Yep. No, she's not flying it, she is a no, passenger. She's a passenger. Yep. And we've got Miguel, who is the... He's a soldier. Miguel, right? Mental Miguel. No, he got him. Yeah. Right. He goes mental. Is he the one who's close He is to mental, her? isn't he? Is he the one who is close They're sort of Miguel. seeing each other. Yeah. I, think. I yeah. thought they were seeing each other. Yeah. Anyway, it turns out he is... Off his head. And then you've got McDermott. I think he's got stress-related issues. He's got very post-traumatic stress issues. I think he's got mental issues. I think he's just got stress issues. But he doesn't... um, We'll get to it. What he does. We'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. And then you've got McDermott and John. He's flying. John is flying. John's flying. Yeah. McDermott is the radio electrical expert. Yeah. Guy. I like him. Um, and they land the helicopter in a town. Mm-hmm. And it's it's desolate. There's nothing there. And... Um, I don't know if I'd land it in a town, though. But they are in a helicopter. And, and Sarah and Miguel get out, and they go off with a... Risky what are they called? business, this. It is, but I'm getting to it. They've got a, a, megaphone? a, a megaphone. Is that called a megaphone? I think... Like a loud hailer. Like thing. A loud inhaler? No, a loud hailer. Okay. No, a megaphone. A megaphone, yeah. Yeah. Police use them. Anyway, so Sarah (laughs) and Miguel move away from the the chopper. They move away, right? And they're shouting, is anyone here, is anyone here, is anyone here? They're just shouting, hello! Yeah, hello, hello! Hello. And then John and McDermott are in the helicopter, and McDermott... The radio guy is mm. on the radio going, is anyone here? Is anyone here? Can anyone yeah. pick this up? What I wouldn't mind landing in the town like that as long as I was quite close. <laughs> I was close. And yeah. he punched through the window with my arm gesture. <laughs> that was very close. Right? <laughs> I was close. I wouldn't mind being a little way away from the helicopter. You wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't land in the town right. and completely move away from the helicopter. No, I'd say close to it, but they walk a considerable distance away, I think. Maybe because they need a large opening, which they do land in. Yeah, and then they sort of go into a street. But I wouldn't keep shouting hello, hello, and hello. Because what happens? Because of what happens. What happens? Well, the dead, they rise. They're already risen. Oh, they're, they're laying on the floor, actually. Some of them are like having a rest on the I don't floor. see any standing. They're all... Some of them can walk out buildings. They walk out but I guess they were sitting down in the building. One of them's got a pet crocodile. Yeah. That's interesting. That was a shock. The door opens and before any zombies come out, what? a crocodile comes out. Yeah. It's not a zombie crocodile. Is it not a zombie crocodile? It's a normal you crocodile. You don't see animals much at all in zombie films. Mm, I can remember apart seeing... Apart from Resident Evil. I can remember seeing a dog in... Dawn of the Dead, I think it is. In the remake... Oh yeah, it's a dog. a dog, yeah. It's a little dog. I can't remember now. And there's another film with um, some birds in it, I think. It's Resident Evil, isn't it? One of them. There's like the bats or something, isn't it? Yeah. And all these zombies were residents of Pittsburgh. They all volunteered to be in the film. To be zombies. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm sure that they got like a a cap, a hat, you know, Mm. saying, I was a zombie in Day of the Dead. I'd do that, I think. I think I'd do but, it. I mean, they probably done it in a day. It's not that long so a scene, is it? They didn't get paid then. This is because of the budget cuts, is yeah. it? Is that part of the budget cuts, do you mm. think? Yeah. Because you mentioned... 
It probably was something to do with the budget cuts. Yeah. No, they did have... They, they The budget cuts were something to do with um, the, the production company, you know, the studio, mm. wanted... Wanted George Romero to make the film not an R rating. So you know in America, but mm-hmm. I think it's changed now, but they used to be R rated films, which are like the top shelf, really scary stuff. Okay, people. right. And they said you can have 7 million if it's not R rated. And if you're going to do an R rated one, then we're half in your budget to 3.5 million. And he went, well, I'm going to do an R rated one because it's meant to be really scary. Absolutely, he stuck to his guns. So he stuck to his guns. I like that. But he had to work with half the money. So. I think he does a good job. But I I know you don't at the moment from your vibe. No, my vibe's fine. I I, I get a vibe. Nothing's wrong with this film. Right. Uh, then they, impressions. yeah <laughs> so they fly the helicopter back they don't find anyone no they, don't they, they fly back and they're at a they land in like a compound yeah and you, we find out that they're living underground there's like a deep underground military base deep 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 underground right <laughs> it's it's the, the, the fence holding the perimeter back is a very basic rickety gate or fence really metal it's like a chain mesh link gate. Yeah, yeah like a chain link I'm surprised that's holding... 18-foot high fence, yeah. I'm surprised it's holding them zombies back. It seems to be doing something. They're not doing any crime control, they're just letting them build but There is up. quite a few there, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. So, the we find out that Major Cooper is dead. Yes. He's died since these are, these guys have been off in the helicopter in their, on their mission. And he was the in-command of the station. In, he was in command, yeah. yeah. And we find out there's only 12 people left alive in the compound. Mm-hmm. And Sarah tries to get Miguel out of the helicopter and he gets all arsy with him. Mm. He gets all like, just leave me alone, just leave me alone. And then he, he strops off, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a bit of a stroppy burger throughout the whole film, really. Yeah. Don't particularly like him that much. I don't, no. I don't think you meant I feel, to. I feel a bit sorry for him because he obviously has stress issues. Yeah. And I think with the right medication and care, he could... Well, pull through and be a lot healthier, really, and be better to the cause. But but there's not that in the zombie apocalypse. No, no. Poor so, old Miguel. Poor old Miguel on that. So then they they go into the, they go uh, th- well, sort of down. The entrance is down. Yeah, they're on a big, like a large hydraulic platform. Mm. Which is like, I mean, you could park a bus on it, couldn't you? Park a bus or a plane. Yeah. So they all stand on it and turn it on and it just lowers down into the yeah. base. They all get off and it goes back up. Yeah. The zombies can't get them. Yeah. It Smart. Kind of, it covers over the top. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't, does it? It goes down, they get off, and then it goes back up again. And and you, there's no platform at the bottom, is that right? What do you mean? The platform's the roof and it goes down and you can get on the platform and it goes back up. So when it's up, there's no platform at the bottom. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't open and close like to slate in... Slide in doors. Yeah. No. no. Imagine... This is an ad, right? It's not (laughs) Imagine you're walking along... Yeah. And a bit of ground you're standing on... Yeah. ...starts to go down. Yeah. Just vertically... Yeah. ...down. Yeah. And then when it stops, you get off... Yeah. ...and that bit of ground moves back up... That's it. Good explanation. Right. That's how it is. That was painful. <laughs> right. And then we meet... 
Then we meet uh, Steel, who is the fat soldier. Oh, right, yeah. And we meet Rickles, who is his mate. Is that his first name or surname? Their surnames. Okay, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't name them their first names. I mean, Rickles and Steel. And uh, they... Uh, they say to Sarah and Miguel, we need some help down at the zombie prison. They don't call it the zombie prison. No. But they've got a zombie prison inside this facility. Is yeah. that a wise idea, Christopher? Uh, no. I'd like to know how they got them zombies to the prison. How There's a lot in there. And there seems to be... There is a used to be a lot, lot more. Uh, how do they get them in there? Well... How do you herd up sheep? Sheep dog. sheep dog, right? So, so maybe they did it with a zombie like, dog. No, like an like, no, like in a Land Rover or something, and they sort of shunted them. Some I don't know. I don't know either. No. There's something in the film it kind of lives to your imagination. Yeah. I think it definitely does. So, the, so the prison is. We go. You go down deeper into the base. It's like an exit in that case. Yeah, like down into the basement, mm-hmm. and at the other end of the at the other end of the base, there's a missile silo mm-hmm. that goes down into the ground. And at the bottom of the missile silo, there's all like these catacombs, like all um, little little catacombs. Such a cool word. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So like all these like little uh, walkways and caves and things like that. Mm-hmm. And what they've done is they've put a big wooden boarding across it with a door in it, like a security door in it, and they keep all the zombies in all these caverns mm. and walkways it's in the like bottom a, of the missile silo. It's like a palisade wall, I don't think they call it. Yeah, it's like a like a castle wall, but made out of wood. wood yeah. yeah, I think it's called a palisade. palisade. Would you be comfortable living in this underground base with the only thing stopping these zombies getting out is some is some fencing? No. Essentially, I, it's some fencing. I would not be very comfortable. This is probably why... She has them dreams she does about the zombies getting her. Mm. She's living round the corner from them. Yeah. She's sleeping round the corner from them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be very comfortable. No. That's, that explains her dreams, I think. Probably explains his stress. His, his spell He's from a girl. He's very, stressed. I think that doesn't go very well. Good mental health. And all these bits downstairs in the mineshaft bits, mm. you know, all the caverns and things like that, Catacombs. They were all fil- the catacombs. They were all filmed in a real mineshaft. Oh, really? In Pennsylvania. It's called, you're going to like this, mm. it's called the Wampom Mineshaft. The Wampom Mineshaft. Say that three times for us. Wampom, Wampom, Wampom. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, in a real mineshaft. And apparently it was sweltering down there. Right. Which helped because they're meant to be dealing with zombies, so they would be sweating. Mm. Getting a bit worked up. So, you know. Bad for stress again, Miguel. Poor Miguel. Miguel. And he's there. And Miguel messes up. Because what they do is... So they've got, like... They've got the fencing. Mm. And then they've got, like, a security door. So they lift up part... Well, they lift up the first door. Mm. And then a zombie goes in. Then they shut the first door. Right? Mm-hmm. And then the people outside of the fence have, like, a long rod with, like, a noose on it. Yeah. What you do, they usually feel like moving pigs and cattle and stuff yeah, like that. Something like that about. Yeah. They, or, or like when um, people are trying to get hold of a wild dog, they put it tight and they can't get away. And they can sort of safely control it. Exactly, from a large, yeah. like a, like a, from from a, a barn pole or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 
So, someone outside loops the zombie around the neck. That's it. Then they undo the second door mm-hmm. and they pull the zombie out. And Miguel has one job and he drops the stick. He drops this pole and the zombie nearly gets Rickles. Steel obviously is worried about his mate Rickles and he goes mad and he tries to kill Miguel. But Sarah stops him. Sarah says to Miguel, Are you sure you don't want to sit this out? I'll do it for you because she knows yeah. he's not he's well not, enough to do it. He's not up to it, yeah. But I think is it Steel taunts him and says Yeah, Steel taunts him and goes, No, come on, but you know, be a man, do it yeah. or something like that. And he does it and he messes up. Then Steel gets annoyed and tries to kill him. Mm. But it's Sarah mm. that stops Steel from killing Miguel. And she talks down a very, very angry soldier. She is the strongest female character we've had in these films so far. So throughout his films, um, Romeo... What's his name? George A. Romero. Giorgio, George A. Romero. A. Romero. Yeah. I think he's making the women's character more and more yeah. stronger. She's the, she's the main character, isn't she? Yeah. In this film. I think before they were kind of the side character. The first film, they were more of a... Main character at first, then it was a really side, side character. It was Barbara. Exactly. So they're they're becoming more important. Last week we had Francine. Yeah. Who she stood up to the boys. Yeah. And Sarah though. She was an equal member probably of the group. And Sarah's taking no... No. She is on it. She's taking... Paint like a car bonnet. She's on it. She's on it. She's not messing about, right? Um... And then Miguel runs back upstairs to his little room and he's he's really stressed. We find out him and Sarah are sort of together and Sarah wants to give him a sedative to try and um, get him to, to rest. To sleep, yeah. yeah. And, and he doesn't want the sedative, does he? No. But they go. she goes to give him a hug and stabs him in the back with it. <laughs> stabs him in the back. Stabs him in the back with a sedative and he's out of her body. That's what he needs. Yeah, it is, because he's a bit unhinged. He is very unhinged. Um, now we get, um, the next part, and this is, so we've got a guy called Fisher, who's a scientist, and he's talking to Rhodes. Rhodes? Rhodes. So Rhodes is the new man in charge. Oh, bloody Cooper died. Major Cooper died. Yeah. Rhodes is in charge. I think it says how he died. Mm, no, I don't think it does. It doesn't say how he died. So Rhodes is in charge, and this is where the clue was last week. Okay. So, uh, Joseph Pilato. Who? The guy who plays Rhodes. Okay. Like last I was, like week. I was going to know that. Yeah, right. Last week, he played the guy in Dawn of the Dead who asks them just about when they're about to leave on the helicopter near the beginning of the film, he asks them if they've got any cigarettes. He goes, have you got any cigarettes? We go, me and my mates, we're going to get a boat and go and try and find an island. That's Joseph Pilato. Mm. And in this film, he is Rhodes. So he's playing a different character. He's playing a different character. This isn't his continuation of no. this island. He's gone it could to. be though, couldn't it? We don't know. But he's not a soldier in the first, in the, in the, uh, first film, is he? Uh, mm, I'm not sure if he was maybe a cop. I think he was a cop. Might have got promoted fast. Might have got promoted fast. Or found a when uniform. The world, when the world really went downhill, they maybe promoted cops to soldiers. You don't know, do you? He might have nicked an army uniform and pretended to be the rank he is. But in any case, he's in charge of this facility. Mm. 
Unfortunately. I think the facility was put together within three days, I think they said. I think they said, yeah. Three days. Um, we'll get to what they're doing in a minute. Mm. Because it's mental. So he's now in charge, and Fisher's talking about the experiments that they're doing. He's going, we need more time, we need this, we need mm. that. And Rhodes just, just goes, shut up and leave me alone. I'm sick of you. Pretty much, doesn't he? Because he hasn't got much time for the scientists. No. Even though this is more of a science uh, base, orientated base, I think. Yeah. And they're just there to look after them. Yeah. So what it is, is you've got the scientists, back when there were obviously more people at the facility, Mm. the soldiers were put in charge to protect the scientists while the scientists tried Tried and looked for a cure. A cure, yeah. Right. Uh, and then Sarah turns up and she tells Rhodes that Miguel's at breaking point and he just doesn't care, does he? No. Rhodes doesn't care. He he's like, he's a soldier. Yeah. Tend to get on with it. I don't... That's it, really. That's it, really. And he's just an idiot. Mm. Um, and then Sarah goes off on a bit of a wander and finds... Well, she goes to see Logan. It's her friend. Logan? Yeah. The scientist. Oh, yeah. oh, that the, the mad. head scientist. The mad, the, the the mad guy. The mad scientist. He reminds me of the guy from Independence Day. You know who's really excited yeah, yeah, about yeah. the um, uh, aliens. Jeff Goldblum's dad. No, 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 Jeff Goldblum's. I oh, know who you mean. The bloke who works for the government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he gets got, doesn't he? By the. I think he's in both films. He didn't. Yeah, he doesn't get killed, does he? But they no. get him in the first one. They, you think he's dead? Yeah, they manage to get a, a tentacle around oh, his neck his and they name? speak through him. Oh, his name's... Yeah. You don't know his name, do no, you? No, I do. I do. It's something like Spiner. Brett Spiner. Is that he his... plays Data in the uh, Star Trek series. Original Star Trek? Yeah. Not the original. It was, one of the spin- oh, was it Next one Generation? Next Generation, was it? Yeah, he played Data. Yeah, I'm sure his name's Brett Spiner. Oh, yeah. right. Um, so anyway, you've got Logan. Yeah. And he's doing some... Tests on the zombies and say, and what we see is that an orthodox science. Yeah, I mean, can you explain uh, to them? I think one of them, uh, he was putting electrical charges inside what was left of a brain to see yeah, what it wasn't a head, was it? It was just a brain. Yeah, it was, Atta- it was the brain was attached to like the uh, spinal cord. Yeah, but there was no head around the brain. And he was seeing what happened if the charges uh, went onto the brain and to see what part of the body would react. And I think it was just the mouth and the arms uh, yeah. trying to reach for food, like as there were the primal yeah. instincts still. Yeah, he says it's uh, like a motor function. Motor it's instinct. function, yeah. yeah. That's all they have is instinct, mo- so what's motor left function. And this guy, who hasn't got a face or a skull anymore, mm. it's just a brain, we find out that that's Major Cooper, mm. the guy that died. And Sarah's sort of going, why are you... How would you get him? How would you get him? And he just goes, oh, don't worry about it, but just don't tell anyone. Like, they, they, everyone thinks that he was buried. Yeah, and, and Logan's like, don't, just don't tell anyone, just, just forget about it. And, uh, Sarah says to him, look, you're wasting time, you got no, there's no progress. And the soldiers are getting less cooperative. And mm. he's, he goes, look. They want answers. I want, yeah, no, the soldiers want answers. They're, they're, getting, in for. they're getting sick of it now, aren't mm. they? They've probably been there months and months and months. Yeah, probably a while. Yeah, and they're getting sick of it. And they want answers. And everyone sort of is going, you're not doing anything, Logan. And Logan's going, 
we can domesticate the zombies. Mm. And at that point, I laughed. It's not the first time you see it in a zombie film, though. I think it's also in Shaun of the Dead. They use them at the end of the film to push um, trolleys around supermarkets. But that film is like tw- nearly 20 years after this film. It is. Funny how they both have that same and it's concept. Funny. It's funny in both films. Mm. It's meant to be funny in one of the films. <laughs> this isn't that film. No, this is not that film. Right. This is where it's taken seriously. Yeah. Right. So then we get another meeting. Mm. So the first meeting was this one where we just spoke about it, where... Fisher's talking to Rhodes, and then Sarah comes in, they're talking about Miguel. Then we get another meeting, meeting number two. It's seven o'clock, the meeting is. They call it for <sighs> God, right. So McDermott, McDermott, who's the radio guy, remember, is saying that that um, the radio's not working. You know, he can talk on the radio all day, no one's getting back yeah. to him. All the shopping malls are closed, which is a nice callback to Dawn of the Dead. I don't think this is not working in the sense that it's broken, it's that there's nobody out there to say anything back to That's literally what I just said. You said it's broken. I said it's not working. You said it's not working. He, but he can, oh. Then I said he could talk on it all day and no one's answering. Yeah, it can be interpreted as that. Okay, they're working, no one's replying. No one's replying, right. right. God, Chris. Do you want to clarify Mr. that Have Is you got what? any continuity issues this week, by the way? Um, just let me know when you have. Last week we had a few. There was a few. Um, then we get this, we get this stupid standoff between oh, yeah, everyone. Yeah. Oh, and it's just it's because what's his name? Rocky Road. What's his name? Rocky Road. He's going charge. Rhodes. Rhodes. Right. Yeah. Rhodes. He is like kind of declared martial law, and it's either his way or you yeah. get shot. Yeah. So like John, Sarah, Miguel, the scientists, yeah. they all have to. Obey him, yeah. do what he says. Or get shot. Yeah. But he's not going to do it himself. He'll shoot one of his people if they don't shoot the person he says to be shot. Yeah, so Sarah disagrees with him and Sarah <laughs> Sarah wants to leave. So she gets up to walk out yeah. and Rhodes goes, if you take another step, I'm going to shoot you. Sit back down right now or you're going to get shot. He tells Steele to shoot her. And he thinks he's joking. He thinks he's joking. He gets a... He, yeah. he does that comedy... You know, puts his puts his finger and thumb up and yeah. goes bang and thinks it's hilarious. Then yeah. Rhodes pulls a gun on Steel and says, "If you don't shoot her, I'll shoot you." Yeah. And already everything's going mad mm-hmm. in this facility just because Rhodes has taken over seemingly, and John manages to, in his calm Jamaican accent, manages to make Sarah sit down. Thank God. Otherwise, I think she would have been dead. I think she would have died. She would have died. Because yeah. Steele is sort of... He's mates with Rhodes, but Rhodes doesn't really no, care for him at all. Not really, really no. No. Um, and Rhodes says that the soldiers' orders are to guard the scientists. M- Logan, who they call Dr. Frankenstein because of all these weird experiments don't he's doing. Them. I don't either, because he's unhinged. He says that he's making no progress. Rhodes is angry. He's had enough. He he's wants the, uh, answers. The Franken guy, though, he's um, he's loving his work. Oh, he's loving it. Yeah, he's loving it. He, this is like he was what he was born for. He was he was born for this, wasn't <laughs> he? Yeah, he was. Um, and then Logan turns up to the meeting, and he says that Frankenstein, uh, Frankenstein yeah. turns yeah. up, and he goes, the ratio from zombie to human is yeah. now four hundred thousand to one. 
So for every one person, there's 400,000 zombies out there. Everything's lost if we don't try and control them. We can domesticate them. He's obsessed mm. with trying to make these zombies his friend. Would you mm. try to train a zombie? It's like, would you say, would you train train a dragon? And that's a popular film. How to train your how, how to, to train, train your zombie. Dra- this is this should have been called How to Train Your Zombie. Yeah. Step by step guide. How to do it. Yeah. They do it in the dragons, though. They do it with the dragons. They do it with the dragons, but that is an animation. Hmm. That they do. It, yeah. Um. He says, look, we can do this, just give me some more time. And Rhodes gives him more time. He says, but the rest of you... I don't know if he says... He explains to Rhodes that he's training a zombie, more that he's working on a cure. Yeah. I don't think he knows... He doesn't know he's training, a, training zombies. Research. Yeah, he says... He thinks he's still looking for a cure, and that's what he wants the scientists to be focusing on. He's finding a cure. Yeah. But he's... Giving up on that. He's giving up yeah, on that. He's giving up on that and trying to make him his pet. Yeah. Um, and Rhodes says, look, if any of you step out of line, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Just do what I say or you're dead. Now, this is one part of this film I do like. All right. Because you've got these two ideologies. You've got the scientists on one side. Mm-hmm. They're trying to at least do something, <laughs> right? right? They're trying to at least do something and they're trying to find a cure or domesticate zombies they're sort of more calm and patient we've got all the time in the world on the other side of it you've got Rhodes and his soldiers who if they had their way would get in the helicopter or a truck or a van or whatever and they would clear off and just mow down zombies and they're doing it you know the sort of hit and run way they're balls in china shops Mm -hmm. and the scientists are more like Grandma's knitting at home hmm. in front of Emmerdale with that, a cup of tea. Yeah, they're like sloths. They're, yeah, they're very slow, slowly, but they very methodical. Yeah, you got these two ideologies, and they're forced together in one place under a very tense situation, mm. and it's just a hot atmosphere. Hot atmosphere. Hot atmosphere. It's like the because of all the heat. And the, the embers are smouldering, aren't they? Yeah. It's nearly. It's going to catch. Yeah. It's, you can tell it's going to catch. It's tension burning. And the whole place is going to go. I'm going to say it. It's going to go to shit, Christopher. There's no other way to say it. It is like this film. See, I said you had, had a bad vibe from you. What? I, I said I had a bad vibe. Yeah, that you, you did have a bad, bad vibe. And this is where it starts to ramp up the bad vibe in a few minutes. So, um, the meeting is adjourned. Logan clears off back to his freaky-deaky lab. Mm. And uh, John and McDermott and Sarah are walking along uh, with Fisher, the scientist. The other scientist. Mm-hmm. He's sort of the scientist. No one really cares about yeah. what he's <laughs> And John says, look, me and McDermott are safe. Yeah. Because I'm his ride out of it. I'm the only one that can fly the helicopter. Yeah. And McDermott does all the electrics and all the radios and stuff. Mm-hmm. We're safe. You two, you're screwed. And then I got to think, everyone's got a job here. Yeah. What's Sarah's job? Not, I did wonder that myself. Because at one point she's walking around in a lab coat. So she may be like a doctor or some sort of physician. I'm not entirely sure. But I'm not entirely sure. She's a bit of everything. I think she's a bit of a all-rounder kind of person because she goes out into the field as a soldier. Yeah. She goes into the lab as a scientist. Mm-hmm. She's a bit of a doctor using mm-hmm. the injections and stuff. 
Um, I don't know if she does anything else, really. No. Don't about it. So, then we get another Sarah dream. She's got this dream where she's asleep, and Miguel's in the room with her, and he rolls over and all his guts fall out on the floor. I've had enough of these dreams by this point. I think it's because she's concerned and cares about him. And she knows he's losing his marbles. Yeah. And uh, that's just... They're underground, don't they, really? All them zombies. Well, then, he definitely does lose his marbles because she wakes up. He's sitting there in the corner. And I quote, he says, yeah. you're full of shit. <laughs> Out of nowhere, he says it. Out of nowhere. She looks at him, he says it, and then she walks up to him and knocks him out. It's all very strange. Yeah, there shouldn't really be a couple of them. No. And then she... Maybe some therapy, I think. Yeah. And then she walks out to get a drink. And... What does she have? Some water from she the fountain. Fountain. Fountain's still working, that's good. Yes. And then the soldiers, the random soldiers who we don't know their names, start having a bit of a scuffle. And oh, yeah, no, McDermott out of nowhere. Who don't you think McDermott looks a little bit like Rowan Atkinson? Which one's McDermott? He's the oh, Christopher. Yeah, he's the one okay. who is he's the radio guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah the like, engineer guy. Yeah, he looks I like, like Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, he looks a bit like Rowan Atkinson. So he um he sort of saves her, even though she was no threat whatsoever yeah. to the soldiers as they're having their little little playful punch up. And she takes, uh, he takes her even, uh, to uh, downstairs, right deep down, to where deep, the... Deep, 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 deep down. To where the... Yeah, to where the... Um, downtown. To where the um, zombie prison is. Uh -huh. But it's not near the zombie prison, it's maybe at the other end of the facility. And, catacombs. Uh, in the catacombs. <laughs> and so away from the catacombs, they've got this underground caravan. Where John and McDermott live. Yeah. How did they get a caravan? Actually, no, actually, there is loads of different types of vehicles as they walk past. Yeah, there's a lot of different vehicles. There's a lot of vehicles. And there's a caravan down there. Mm. And these two live in this caravan. Mm. And they've got a lovely little garden set up. Oh, yeah. There's flamingos. Like, not real ones. No. A lot of plastic ones. They've got decking. Yeah. They've got some it's plastic flowers. AstroTurf yeah. stuff. Yeah. But it does actually look quite nice. It's a nice little setup they've got. And, um... Sarah says to him, she has a drink, they're having a bit of a bit of whiskey and that, a beer. Mm -hmm. Having a good time. Yeah, she, they're loving it down there. And she has a drink and she says, like, why don't you two help? Like, all you do is fly, all you do is sit on the radio and all you do is fly us about. Mm. But you're not, like, helping, helping. Mm. And John says that he doesn't believe in what Logan's doing. He doesn't care for the soldiers. They'll never find a cure. They'll never control the zombies. And he says... That um, the the creator has cursed the earth. So like God has mm. cursed the earth, and that he's given them a glimpse glimpse of what hell looks like because we were getting too big for our boots. Interesting theory. Yeah, I don't know if hell would have loads of uh, zombies in it though. Really, I don't. No, it's like the undead coming back. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Mm. It's like the, from Dawn of the Dead, the, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk. Yeah. So it's a nice little, nice little bit, isn't it? Mm. Would you live down there? Well, yeah, I think as a, yeah, got a bit really close nice... to the zombie catacombs. <laughs> it is, but they've got the, really the best setup. They've got a nice little setup there, Yeah. They? Yeah. I, I, I probably would. 
Yeah. Oh, them zombies though piss me off. A bit close. Yeah. I think yeah. there are some rooms people stay in which are very concrete. Yeah, everyone else upstairs seems to stay in like little concrete rooms. Yeah. Like breeze block walls. That's probably more secure. Yeah. Yeah. Big solid doors. Um and then we get the bit where Sarah goes to see Logan. Uh and he tells off a zombie. Doesn't she not walk through the door? It's extremely dark in there. Yeah. And at the, si- at the side of the wall, there's a zombie chained up that I couldn't see, yeah. she couldn't see, and it pretty much nearly grabs her. Why would he have a zombie chained up here, which could easily... Get anyone. Get anyone who walks yeah. past. Doesn't and make sense to me. This bit is where I started laughing again. So the zombie sort of has a bit of a go. And then Logan turns up and he tells the zombie, he goes, sit in the corner and think about what you've done. <laughs> and he's very deadly serious, isn't he? He's, he's not, not joking. He's like, you sit in that corner and you think about what you've done. And then as they're walking out, we get this tune. Do, 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 do. And that, Christopher, is a nice slowed down version of the ladies' bras, the ladies' bras, the ladies' knickers, and the ladies' bras. I had that stuck in my head for quite a while last week. Yeah, you can have it stuck in your head this week now. Hopefully not. Um. So as they're walking out the room, then we get the ladies' bra music. The zombies sitting in the corner, sulking, probably. And then Logan says to Bert, Logan says to Sarah, "Come and have a look what I'm doing." Mm. Then we meet Bub. Bob. Bob or Bob. <laughs> and Logan says, mm. you stand here beyond the safety glass. I'm going to go around here to Bob. And Bob is chained up to the wall. Yeah. Mm. What do you think of Bob? At first glance. Yeah. Um, he looks quite docile, I think. Yeah. But again, zombie, all zombies do from a distance. They look a bit dippy, don't Until they? you get close dopey. and then they get quite active. So I think all zombies look quite yeah. docile from a distance. But we soon find out what do we find out? Bob is a very special zombie. Because Logan gives him a razor, a toothbrush, and a book. Are they the items, yeah? Yeah. What book was it, Christopher? Uh, it, it was a book with some pages. Salem's Lot. Salem's Stephen Lot. King. Couldn't read it really very well. Right. It's a good book. I like that book. Um, so Bob throws the toothbrush away. Uh-huh. He got time for the toothbrush. But he uses the razor, he puts the razor to his face mm. and sort of he remembers how to shave. Then so he, he pulls some of his skin away. Yeah, he sort it. of shaves some of his skin off. And then he puts, mm. picks the book up and reads, starts to like look through the pages yeah. of the book. Doesn't really sure, it doesn't take the information in, it just kind of thinks no, this is what you're he, meant to do. Yeah, he remembers. Mm. And I had another laugh because it's ridiculous. What? This whole thing is ridiculous. Um, Anyway, Fisher is there with Sarah as well, I forgot to mention. And he goes, what will it prove? And Sarah goes, it's not attacking him. Which is true. Mm. If he walked in there, if any of the zombie we've seen so far yeah. in the films, any zombie film, would that have... zombie would have gone straight for, straight him, for him. But it didn't. No. And then Rhodes arrives. And by this point in the film, I, I've had enough of Rhodes. Yeah. He, he's not a good <laughs> bad guy. In my eyes. He's just not. There's a... Uh, yeah, I like my hands Grubers. 
I was just thinking the exact same people person. People like this. I don't know why. I was just yeah. thinking the exact same person. There are so many good bad guy actors out there, and there are so many good bad guy characters out there, and so many iconic performances. Mm. He's just irritating. He's not really a bad bad guy. He's more of a he's annoying the, he's, bad guy. He's the bad human guy in this. Yeah. Right. And he's he's just annoying. He just he does irritate me. But anyway, he turns up and Logan, and he's like, what the hell are you doing in here? And he goes, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. And he gives Bub a phone. And he goes to Bub, hello, Aunt Alicia. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Bub actually says, hello, Aunt Alicia. I mean, yeah. it, it's like this. Like, it's like, um, hello, Aunt Yeah. But he's still like, making the words. Yeah, how does he make them words? Zombies don't tend to speak words... At all throughout the whole thing. Which is why this film is crap. Right. But they don't try and get zombies to speak, though, no. near the film. So you don't, it's not to say that they can't speak. But then Bub notices that Rhodes is a soldier and salutes him. He does, yeah. God damn it. Is it that you don't, is it that you don't like the zombies having the part of the brain where they can remember? Who doesn't? You. Me. You don't like it. The whole thing of zombies are that they're dumb, they're stupid, mm-hmm. and that one of them by itself isn't that scary. Right. Two or three, that's not that bad. But you can easily walk around the corner and there's a hundred of them. Yeah. And it's how quickly, like we've seen in these films, how quickly it can escalate. Mm. Right? You don't need them to be smart. This film could have easily have done without all of this... They could have just been looking for a cure. Well, I think they don't need the whole thing with Bub talking, shaving, reading a book, and all the other crap that he does as this film but goes Bob's on. Bob's kind of an extension of the proof of which uh, Frankenstein's doing, though. The evidence that it, his method and theory is working. There's no need to have it in the film, though. It doesn't bring anything to the it film. Shows that it's it working. makes it stupid. It shows that this could be done. Okay. We'll come to it more because because Bub's got much more to do. Yeah. So Bub salutes Rhodes and Rhodes ain't having any of it. So Logan salutes him. And and Bub looks looks annoyed that, that Rhodes didn't salute him. Oh yeah. He's yeah. a bit insulted. And and they sort of they, they sort of think that maybe Bub was a soldier or in the military when he was a, a person, when he was alive. Because he, he doesn't look very happy. So Logan gives him an unloaded gun and he aims it at Rhodes. Mm. And because Rhodes doesn't salute, he aims the gun at Rhodes to shoot him and he pulls the trigger, but there's no bullet. And uh, Rhodes points a gun back at him. Logan manages to talk him down. Yeah, and otherwise he would have killed him. him don't shoot him. Yeah, otherwise he would have killed him. And Bub is sort of scared, but he's annoyed. You can tell he's really annoyed that Rhodes didn't salute him. And then, of course, Christopher, we get another meeting. It's meeting number three. This is another thing about this film. I've never known a zombie film to have so many bloody conferences. <laughs> Every other scene, they're having a meeting about something. And Rhodes is annoyed. He's going, come on. You know, you're in there with your little pet. You're training your zombie. Whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Logan says, it's a start. It's a start. 
and then they're just arguing. Everyone's arguing, mm. and then the scene ends. That's it. Pointless. It's not their meetings. They like their meetings. They do like a meeting in this film. There's a lot of people that you can have a meeting. You can't have a meeting with maybe one or two people. It's more of a chat. But it's the first time you can actually have a meeting in George A. Romero's films. Yeah. Did I say that right? Nearly. <laughs> so, then we're back at the catacombs. Right. And they're getting some more zombies out for... What's his face? Dr. Logan Frankenstein uh-huh. to do more experiments on. And Miguel, obviously he's in no fit state, as we know. He lets another zombie go. But I mean, he doesn't really let the zombie go because the thing that goes around his yeah. neck comes loose. And the zombie gets one of the soldiers, who we find out now is called Miller. Right. He's just one of the soldiers. We're like a background kind yeah. of character. And as he's getting bitten, he is shooting his gun and he shoots another soldier. Yes, who right, dies. Yes. And then Steel get Steel gets the whole Steel, you know, the big fat soldier. He gets gets the situation under control. He shoots Miller. That's right. To put him out of his misery. Yeah. Um, he's been bit, I think, isn't he? He's bit. Yeah, Miller's bitten. Um but in all the madness, Miguel has got bitten on yeah. And Sarah rushes him away before Steel can see. But Steel Steel does see. He does see, yeah. She gets him away quick enough that he can't do anything yeah. about it. And she takes him to John's caravan of love. Mm-hmm. And they chop his arm off with a machete. And then they also, uh, what's the word, is it? Cauterise the wound, yeah. yeah. With a, a flaming thing. stick. Is it a, no, it's a, ra- it's a stick with a rag on the end, which is set fire. Yeah, and they, so, so they, they knock him out, don't they? I don't know how long it takes for blood to travel through your body, but I don't know if they would have done that in time. But then again, they are quite close. They said before, the zombie pen, the prison, is quite close to the love... What did you call it? The love caravan? The love caravan. The love caravan. The caravan of love. It's quite close. Yeah. Because they are sort of like a married couple, aren't they, John and McDermott? They're sort of... Yeah. They're like an old married couple. They live in this caravan. They're like best buddies. <laughs> and um, I don't know if I would have taken the risk... Of cutting someone's arm. It's a good idea. Cut the arm off, mm. stop the blood flow and stop the infection. Yeah. But I don't know if I would really have let someone live with that. I don't know if I would have just killed them anyway just in case. What would you have done? Probably would have chopped their arm off. Because Sarah obviously cares about the girl. Mm. So they've obviously chopped the arm off and then she can keep an eye on him. Yeah. And we get to this in a minute. Because, because quarantine. Yeah. Because Steel arrives with Rhodes and Rickles and they have a bit of a standoff. And they say that Miguel is a problem, we need to get rid of him. And Sarah goes, look, please don't kill him. And John goes, look, if, if you leave Miguel down here, we'll look after him. Mm. You don't have to worry about him. And he goes, okay, Miguel is your problem now. You can sort him out. So the soldiers are, are distancing themselves from Miguel. Which is probably what I'd do. Mm. I'd go, if you want to see if he is going to turn into a zombie, or whether you chopped his arm off in time and the sort of the virus infection didn't get him, yeah. then fair enough. But you better shoot him and kill him if he is a zombie. Yeah. Sound fair to you? pretty sound. I'd still have put him in quarantine in a room by himself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would have done that. 
And and Sarah's really hurt by all this. She's really upset and sad by everything that's happened. And John gives her a nice big hug. Wouldn't you want a hug from John? John? Yeah. John's John. Yeah. John's the pilot. Pilot? Uh, yeah, he's quite nice. He's a nice man. Yeah. I mean, both of them are the engineer and John. Yeah. Both nice guys. Um, and John says, look, we're getting out of here. Mm. Mutiny. This is mutiny. It's a mutiny. We're going to leave. Who's we? Them three. Them and three. And Miguel. So, uh, not the scientist. I wouldn't take Miguel. <laughs> I'd leave. I'd go, look, Miguel, we're coming back in a few minutes. <laughs> no, anyway, mate. You can't leave my girl with the soldiers. Well, I just would. That is cruel. So, John looks after Miguel, while McDermott and Sarah nip off back upstairs to go and get some supplies. And uh, while they're looking for the supplies, they hear a disturbing recording that Logan's done where he's like talking to the zombies really weird mm. and you can't really make out what they say I couldn't but it was like it's quite creepy it's quite creepy so something, it's something you shouldn't have really have stumbled upon because it yeah shows his other side which is very unhinged I yeah that four yeah like when he's by himself what he gets up to yeah and then we see Miller's head Miller who got killed oh, during right. he got bitten by the zombie yeah a little while he back. ends up in Frankenstein's lap yeah and it's just his head right and it's like his like his eyes are moving and his head how does this Frankenstein guy get all these bodies I don't know so how he quick? gets them so quick this is what I mean it's quite a nailed agenda I don't see how he grabs them or pulls them through and no I don't get that makes sense to that that's, no. that's a bit of a continuity issue don't you say it's continuity it is a it's, I think it deserves a trip into Chris's continuity corner. Chris's continuity corner. Chris's continuity corner. the jazz hands as well. Right. And you do jazz hands, then yeah. you tell us what the thing is. But we've yeah. already spoke about it now. Yeah. So if there's more in the future, yeah. just go, I've got a continuity And I'll issue. do the jazz hands yeah. sign. And I've got to try and remember that stupid little song that I just did. <laughs> um, and then they see Logan, so they follow him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're watching... And he puts some headphones on Bub. And he doesn't bite. It's a risky business putting your hand that close to yeah, his face. He puts, yeah, and it he has a lot of trust installed yeah. in Bub. And he doesn't, he doesn't bite him. And uh, he teaches him to turn on and off the cassette player. Mm-hmm. So he he teaches Bub how to do it, and he Bub does, does it himself, and yeah. shows and him. he loves the music. He, he loves, loves it. He's yeah. having a little head nod and everything. I bet this is something you hate in the film more so then. Um, detest is probably <laughs> better, right? But his reward for learning this yeah. trick with the headphones is some human meat, mm. and of course Rhodes turns up just conveniently at the time that he's giving him the human meat. And he goes mad. And they find out that Logan is feeding the dead soldiers mm. to um, to Bub. So Rhodes absolutely, I mean, he doesn't waste ammo here, does he? No. When he kills Logan. Because Logan opens a door and there's like a room mm. with some... Blood and clothes and things yeah. on the floor. We see it's the soldiers. Yeah. Rhodes goes mad. And I mean, he literally empties an entire clip of bullets it's into Logan. a waste Logan. of ammo, that is. Yeah. They're, they're probably shot an ammo down there. And it's, it is like probably 30 bullets into one, him. One would have done. One would have done it. Right. One to the head. He riddles him. Yeah. 
Just a waste of ammo. Did you feel sad that he died? I felt sad for the ammo, really. You know, all the wasted ammo. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought when it happened. I didn't think anything apart from, well, that's a waste of ammo. Yeah. Um, that's probably actually what I thought, probably a waste of ammo. Yeah. yeah. So then um, Rhodes takes Sarah and McDermott back down into the, uh, to the Caravan of Love. Down into the catacombs. Near the catacombs, the caravan of love. <laughs> and John and Rhodes have a standoff. And Rhodes demands transport. He says to John, you are going to fly me and my soldiers mm. out of here. And John says, no. I think he also demands a surrender of all their weapons. Yeah, he wants all their weapons. And he wants John to fly them out there. Just him and the soldiers. And obviously John is piloting them. John says no. So... Rhodes, who's got McDermott and Sarah and Fisher, he just shoots Fisher in the head. Entrance Fisher again? He's the scientist that nobody cares about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Fisher's now dead. All the scientists and nobody are dead. cared. <laughs> now all the scientists Yeah, are now all the scientists are dead. So the research is over. Um, and then they take Sarah and Zombie and put them in the zombie catacomb prison. Yeah. I would have crapped myself. If I'd have been put in there. Because you got put in the prison mm. and then there's all these tunnels and caverns and that leading off to the bottom of that uh, missile site. Yeah. You don't know how many zombies are in there walking Because they, they had a count of how many were in there. Yeah. But I think the they soldiers stopped doing, stopped doing it and they messed it up and Sarah wasn't very happy. Yeah. Because now they don't know how many is in there. So there could be 10, there could be 50. Could be 100, don't know. 100. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then... I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, I wouldn't want to risk it. So, John says he'll do it, and he he begs, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. They have a little fight, sort of steal, and, and uh, John have a bit of a fight. Sarah and McDermott are in the zombie catacomb prison, and they decide they can't get back through the, the big gate, they're going to have to run to the bottom of the missile silo, climb up the ladder and get out. But they don't know the way and it's pitch black. There's a little bit of light. There's a little bit of light, I don't see where this light's coming from as they go into the cafe. No, I don't. I don't. Get with a pitch black. But it's alright because McDermott's got a stick. A big stick that he uses to defend him and Sarah from all these zombies that are in there. Just a big stick. Where's where's the stick coming from in... um, I don't know, but he's got it's it. It's no trees. No. Um, it's a bit of wood, isn't it? But it's not a very big bit of wood. I mean, I would want something a bit more sturdy, I think. So they're running to the bottom of the silo. And then, like we said, John and Rhodes and Steele are having a bit of a fight. Then they hear the elevator upstairs. Mm. The one that you had trouble with earlier. <laughs> it's coming, it, it's on the move. It's on the and they're all down. like, what the hell? Yeah. And it, now it's all gone, and it? it's all gone down the pan. Because yeah. don't yeah, I don't see what Miguel was playing at. No, so Miguel has managed to get all the way from the caravan of love in his wounded state. In his wounded state, get past the guards. No, not guards. All the soldiers, yeah. everybody else that was just outside them. the caravan. Yeah, so he must have probably gone past them. Yeah, and he's got up to the elevator. Yeah, and he's decided to lower the elevator. Yeah. And get what on. is he thinking? I'm thinking, at this point, he's going to take the helicopter and go, 
or is this going to leg it? You know, why is he going by himself in his mental state? Like, I think he's just had enough of all of them in there, to be honest. I think he's had enough of Sarah. But what is it, you know, the other people don't like John? I just don't think he cares about anyone. He's a bit selfish. He is. I don't quite understand his thinking. Mm. I think he is quite unstable. I think that's why I can't grasp his thinking, yeah. his logic in this. So while all that's going on, Bub unfastens the pin. What secures the chain round his neck. Very clever, Bub. Very clever, Bub. And now he's free, walking about. Um, we get... I don't think he's actually very happy that he is free. No, because of what happens in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get McDermott. Just quite a... McDermott finds a shovel. Now, he's got a shovel. In the catacombs. I don't know where he found that. But he shovels a zombie's head in half mm-hmm. through the mouth. It's quite good of a shovel. Yeah. And then we get a lovely little bit of uh, special effects for back in 1985. Mm-hmm. When the, the head is upside down and the eyes are just flickering <laughs> back and forth. And it's... I think they just they hold on that shot a bit too long. It's a bit unsettling, isn't it? That it's just a little bit unsettling. I don't remember seeing it to be honest. No, it's very <laughs> weird. Um, and then we cut back to John. John knocks out Rhodes in this in the fight, right? Because obviously it's just him and Rhodes now. Because Steele and Miguel have been sent to go and see what's going on with the the big uh, hydraulic lift mm-hmm. elevator upstairs. Um. So, John makes a run for it. Yeah. Jumps into the prison, into the catacombs, and decides to go after McDermott and Sarah. He oh, thinks that's know. the best option. Would you have done I that? I don't know. Running after some people you don't know where they are in these catacombs, mm. which have multiple different ways you could run, pitch black, zombies everywhere, I think I might have gone upstairs. Would you go upstairs knowing that the lift has now been... Uh, he doesn't know. On. No, he does. They all hear it. And it's turned on. doesn't mean it's, you know... He, no, he's moving. Yeah. You can still go up there, press the button, bring it back down again. But would you... Okay, put it this way then. If you're if you're in the middle, you can go into the prison or you can go back into the facility where all these soldiers want to kill you. Which part... Which, what part does John play in it? Is it John? It's John, isn't it? Yeah. He's the pilot. They're not going to kill him. N- no, okay, fair enough, yeah. But he wants to go with his friends at the end of the day. His friends are in the prison. He wants to go and make sure they're all right. If he knows that they're going to try and escape and what, meet them at the chopper? Mm-hmm. Is that where you said they'll probably go? Get up the silo, the yeah. planets, get the chopper. He yeah. go away at the chopper. Good and point. If they don't turn up... But saying that, if, if, say, like, Sassy and Adam were in the prison and I was John, I'd probably go in there to help them. What are you armed with? Well, he has nothing at the start. No, he has guns. He takes Rhodes' guns. It's two pistols. He takes two... Two nice-looking pistols. He takes... Actually. Yes, he takes two... They're Smith & Western, aren't they? Smith They're and very Western. nice. Yeah. They're very nice. Um, I think he just discards one later, which I think is quite a shame. It's quite a nice he gun. He runs out of bullets, then he, he just chucks it. it. Yeah. yeah, I don't... Why? It's a nice gun. It's just a nice gun. I think it's just a nice gun. Dead weight. Yeah. But you can still pistol whip kind of. Pistol whip someone. So Steele and Rickles go upstairs and they realise that the elevator, um, all the wires have been pulled out of it at the bottom, mm-hmm. which means it can only be operated from, from the above, top from yeah. above ground. 
So they realise that Miguel has trapped them. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to Miguel upstairs. He's walking around the compound, looking at all the zombies outside the fence. He lets them in. Why does he let them in? And then he goes and lays on the elevator. Why? With the control panel in his hand. Why? All the zombies get on the elevator. Because like we said, it's a big area. You could fit a a, a few car. You could fit a bus on there, a few cars on there. They all surround him. They're ripping his guts out. They're chomping on his head. And he presses the button. And he presses the button so the elevator goes back down. It's just stupid, isn't it? Yeah. And then Rhodes obviously has woken up from being knocked out. He annoys me so much. I know. He doesn't care about the rest of it. If he wants to die, right, you die, right, whatever. You don't need to bring it down on your ex-girlfriend and soldiers you don't like. Yeah, yeah right, so-so. But you've got friends down there. John, he's never done anything against you. But he doesn't like them. He didn't like anyone in there. He's sick of all of them. Ah, oh, it just annoys me. They could have just should have just killed him or let him to a zombie. Yeah. But Pushed him, should pushed him out of the helicopter on the way back. Whatever, you know. Yeah, just get rid of him. <laughs> so obviously Rhodes has been, uh, he's, he's woken up after being knocked out by John. He goes back up to where Steele and Rickles are. Um, just as the elevator's coming down, he sees all the zombies. They all walk off the elevator towards him. And Rhodes ain't hanging about. He does a runner. And he, Rhodes, Rhodes. does a runner. Oh, Rhodes, oh, bloody it. He does a runner, and he leaves Steele and Rickles and a couple of the other soldiers who we don't know their names. Yeah. He leaves them all, he locks the door, he's gone. I think they're all quite surprised in his actions. Especially Steele. Yeah, because he thinks they're quite best buds. I think think he jumps on like a little really slow-moving electric vehicle, I think it is. Not the ones you see in uh, airports to take your luggage around. Yeah, or like in... um, like a golf cart, isn't it? In Moonraker, uh, they have the little slow-moving vehicles. They've yeah, yeah, yeah. yellow and white. And yeah. They have slow little things. Yeah. Um, Reminds me of that. <laughs> yeah, it's one of them. He gets away on one of them and shuts the door and locks steel and all the others out. Um, they could just run after him. It's, it's quite slow-moving. <laughs> and then we've got a bit of a sad bit with Bub. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do feel a bit upset with this, but yeah. do you not? I did a little bit, yeah. Even though I don't like Bub, really. Bub sees Logan who's been shot and yeah. he, he shows him the pin yeah. that he's pulled out of his chain and as if to go, look, I've pulled this yeah. out. I didn't I didn't mean, mean to. to pull it out. Can you go and put it back? And he sees that Logan's dead. Yeah. He gets really angry. He knows that Rhodes is the one who's done it. So he picks a gun up and now we've got an assassin zombie walking around who's got a grudge. Yeah. You see where my problem is with this film? But, but it's upsetting to see... It's really upsetting to see Bubba in this state. You may, it does make you feel a bit like, oh... Yeah. Not, not really, Christopher. <laughs> um, and then we cut back to the soldiers who are running away from all the zombies and one gets just pulled apart and he's got this really high-pitched high scream which goes like... Ah, 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 like that. It's really, really, really high-pitched, Yeah. And it's it's comical. I laughed at that. And he's getting ripped to bits. Then poor old Rickles, he gets fingers in his eyes and his, oh, eye, his, his eyeball like pops out. Um, Steel shoots the door that Rhodes has locked. He gets inside, surrounded by zombies. He commits suicide. Mm. I mean, they're all just falling now, aren't they? They're all just going one after the next, yeah. after the next. Once you let them in, that's it. Yeah. Dominoes. Um, and then John sort of 
He's sort of Clint Eastwood in it with these uh, Smith and Westerns yeah. down in the catacombs. Yeah, he's a good shot. He's like bang, 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 shooting all these zombies, and then he meets up with Sarah and McDermott. Sarah McDermott. Sarah and McDermott. Yeah, and they get up the ladder. Yeah. Put the catacombs into the silo. Into the bottom of the silo. They climb up the big long ladder to get to freedom. And then we get... Freedom! Freedom! <laughs> we get the... Uh, That's what uh, Miguel should have been screaming. Well, yeah. He was pressing the button. Yeah. That would have put it in, I think. Bloody Miguel. Um, <laughs> and then we get... <laughs> Bub. Bub finds Rhodes. And Rhodes is just like running through every corridor, through every door... Shutting them all oh, behind right. him, yeah. and then Bub sees him, and uh, and shoots him, mm. and he wounds him. I think they have a bit of a bit of a gunfight between the two of them. Yeah, they have a bit of a gunfight, and he manages to shoot. Bub manages to shoot Rhodes. Yeah, uh-huh. wounds him. Doesn't wounds kill him. him, and then he gets to a door. He grabs the door handle. Yeah. He opens the door. This is a road, isn't it? Does Rhodes, yeah. He opens the door. There's loads of zombies on the other side. Yeah. And then Bub shoots Rhodes again. That's it. And he falls backwards as all yeah. the zombies come through the come door. And grab him. They grab him and they're, they're pulling I think all that is quite good. It, yeah. It reminds me a lot of in the Scorpion... No, the Mummy. It's in the Mummy. Where I think... Um, is it Imhotep falls down... Into the dead, I think it is. Or it's the second. No, it's the, is it the first or second film? It sort of happens in both of them. I think it's the second one. The second one he does it, yeah. I think the second one. He falls. Was it the third at Scorpion King? No, it's the second one. It happens in one of them three films. Yeah. He falls down, all his arms are grabbing him and tearing him apart. Yeah. I think it's the second one. Yeah, and <laughs> as he's, as he's um, getting ripped to bits, they use pig intestines because, of course, his, his legs get ripped off from the bottom of his body mm. and he's going choke on him choke on him and uh, Joseph Pilato um, he improvised that and oh, they right. liked it so much they kept it in because he was like choke on him choke on him because all the zombies are eating these <laughs> intestines um, and then we cut upstairs and that's the end of Rhodes thank god and uh-huh. Bub just wanders off that's the last we see of Bub he just sort of wanders yeah. off so out there somewhere there's a wonder? highly smart zombie do you ever wonder what happens to Bub no, because until we were doing this film, mm. I hadn't thought about it in years. You know what I think after the film? And the second we've finished doing yeah. this, I will stop thinking about this <laughs> film. So I will not be thinking what happens to Bub. Yeah. Mm. Now that we are doing this, mm. what do you think happened to Bub? Wanders off. Wanders off. Yeah. Right. Think he finds a lady zombie? No. Right. Nope. Um... <laughs> And Mrs. Bub. No. Um, so Sarah, he probably just goes and has a cuddle with Logan on the floor. Um, but I think you're probably right there. I mean, they're both dead. So Sarah and uh, John and McDermott are running towards the helicopter. She opens the door. A zombie jumps out and get her, gets her. But don't worry, Christopher. Hmm? It's another dream. Yeah, this dream did actually annoy me a bit. I think the other two dreams are in the film. Alright. No, I think the only reason the other two dreams are in there mm-hmm. is so that this one is the surprise one at the end. Do you think so? They're set up. So it sets it, it up. So you're like, oh, oh, that's clever. That's just a dream. Because otherwise they couldn't have that scare at the end if they just done that yeah, one it dream. Make sense, I suppose. Yeah. And of course she wakes up uh, and she's mm-hmm. laying on a beach. Are they on an island? Because obviously you've Time got the... to tell. Yeah. You've got the helicopter behind her. She's laying on the beach. McDermott's 
uh, doing something, isn't he? And uh, John's fishing all the other way around. Yeah. Are they on an island? They look like they're having a very nice time. I wouldn't have landed the helicopter on the beach though, because you don't know if when the tide comes in, it is just going to sweep that helicopter out. Probably won't because it's quite heavy. Yeah. But it could get stuck in the sand. I wouldn't have landed it there. It's not very uh, safe place. But they're having a nice time, so. And that's it. That's it, really. That's the end. Yeah. What I I like about the, uh, the George A. Romero's films. Not one of them is really the same. They kind of progress from being in a house and he doesn't play it safe and moves on to the next film. It's, we'll do a new scenario, we're not going to play it safe, we're going to do a completely different film, a different spin on the zombie apocalypse. What other people are doing. And again, on the last film, like you said, you could even do this high budget film or this low budget film and he does a low budget, low budget film and he doesn't do the same thing again, he changes it again for a new setting, a new story. Yeah, doesn't play it safe. No, which is quite original. Yeah, at this time, it's nobody's dad done the supermarket and nobody done an underground facility. You see, and, and in the in the next trilogy of films that he does, which we're not going to cover, they Land of the Dead and Dora of the Dead mm. and Survival of the Dead. Again, they're all different standalone films, mm. all set in this universe. But they're all isolated in different yeah. scenarios. Yeah, that's what I like about yeah. it. Yeah, he doesn't think that worked. I'll copy that. People like that. It's so, so different. What, what did you think of this film? This film... Would uh, you put it bottom of the list of the three? Um, I would... In order... It, um, I didn't like Night of the Dead when I first watched it that much. But thinking back on it now, I'm thinking it was better than it was. So what, what's your order? What's your order of the... I'll probably put Dawn of the Dead... Um, and then Day of the Dead. This is Day of the Dead, isn't it? This is Day of the Dead. Yeah, and then Night of the Dead. Night of the Living Dead's the worst one you think. Yeah. You see, for me, it's Dawn of the Dead at the top, then mm. Night of the Living Dead, then Day of the Dead. Mm. Because this film... When would you when would you watch this film again? This one again? It'd be about know, five, ten years, I think. Yeah. I'm quite happily never watching this again. You don't I've only, it, do you? I've only watched it once. I watched it for this, and I will quite happily never watch this again. I mean, for me, it doesn't draw me in as much. It's not interesting. The only interesting thing with it is you've got the scientists doing their thing, the soldiers doing their thing, and they have this clash. But even that doesn't work, because what takes away from it for me is is Bub. Mm-hmm. It's a bit that ruins it for you. No, yeah, because you've got this brilliant thing where they, these two people, the soldiers and the scientists, could have had a really, a real big clash. Mm. But what what gets in the way of that big clash is Bub. This sort of stupid experiment thing that makes no sense. They should have just been looking for a cure, going out out of the facility to look for things to help with the cure or something like that. Not a zombie that shaves and reads books and listens to music on headphones and gets annoyed at someone for not saluting them. You know, and then goes around shooting people. Mm. You know, the thing is, it it just doesn't... It doesn't make sense to me. I, I just don't think it's very good. I don't think it suits with the setting of zombies. I think it's too... Off originality for zombies and what you expect from a zombie. I don't mind, you know, different zombies. You've got fast-moving zombies, you've got slow-moving yeah. zombies, whatever. But, but it's just, he, they're too smart. 
you know, Bob's too smart for me. To think that one man, one yeah. unhinged scientist, he's a mad scientist. Who's a mad scientist? Mad scientist teaches this stuff. Like they, they do the most advanced. What gets me is that, that he spent a long time training Bob. And if he's a scientist, a credible scientist, yeah. how does he think he's going to train all, all the, the zombies? This is this is what that's the that, downfall for that me. That did make me. Whereas th- if I did he, think that. yeah. Whereas if he made a cure that could be dispersed easily or put in maybe like tranquilizer darts or something, they can shoot them and then they, they drop down dead or they're cured or whatever. That makes sense. The whole idea of what he's doing, training one zombie, yeah. doesn't work. And that, for me, gets in the way of what could have been a really good, you know... It was more of his project, People of science and people of like a brute force going against each other. I think the characters are really like 2D. There's nothing to them. That There's like no real character arc or a story you know anything to them really there's no like guts to the characters whereas in Dawn of the Dead you cared about each of them four characters I see what you mean I see what you mean so I don't think there is a cure though I think it's literally just killing them and the scientist comes up with an alternative it's like you got left or right and he's going I'm going down the middle I'm doing my own thing which in the end won't work it won't work but it is an alternative which Mm. does seem to prove on this one zombie that it'll work as long as it keeps feeding them human remains with the humans becoming more extinct mm. how will they keep feeding all these zombies don't know makes me wonder if he is actually the one who killed the general guy in charge what was his yeah, name Cooper Cooper makes me wonder yeah he's, he might have done yeah but that's the end of the film it's time to have a bit of a go into the old quiz section of the film Christopher Right, so the first game we've got is Was Chris Concentrating? You ready? This right. is where I ask you three questions. I'm doing alright this game so far. You are. In the previous remember, one wrong, I think. Remember, out of the season, there's 24 questions overall in the season. I've set you the target of getting 18, yeah. and so far, you've got five out of six right. Feel free to play along at home and let us know how you get on. Right. You ready? I'm ready. Question one. What items does Logan give Bob originally? Gives him oh, three right. items. Uh, it was a, a shaving, a shaver. Yeah, a razor. It was a book and toothbrush. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I think I'm going to get that. Right, question two. What does Logan say is the people to zombie ratio? Uh, 400,000 to one. Damn it. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I'm not doing well at all. Okay, this one might get you out. Ready? I wouldn't remember unless you said them during the episode. I know. If you put us at the start, I wouldn't have got any of these right. But they're important. I have to say them. Yeah. And it gives people a chance at home to get them as well. But this one, might, people might not get this one at home. You might not get this one. It's a 50-50 one. Hmm. Which arm does Miguel get bitten on, Christopher? Um, this is this one here, which is his left, isn't it? Yeah, it is, Chris. Yeah, well done. Three <laughs> out of three. Three out of three again. <laughs> right, time for my game. Yeah, do you want to explain it? It's time for linkity link, linkity link. The objective of the game is for Matthew here to get three random films out of this envelope. Into he has to get these. He has these three films, and he has to link them up either by uh, actors, by directors, by actresses, by any means possible um, within thirty seconds. So the three films we have this week 
Uh, the films are from um, Empire's 301 Greatest Films, so they're well-known films, although I haven't heard of some of these. So <laughs> there is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, which was a 2011 film. There was The Wicker Man, 1973. I think the sequel has Nicolas Cage in it. And The Princess Bride, 1987. That's one I haven't seen either. I think I've seen The Wicker Man, the original. I think I've heard the Nicolas Cage one. So, are you ready for your 30 seconds? Uh, Have you got them all written down? Yes, I've got them all written down. Um, Princess Bride might be a little bit tricky. Right. But... You're going to have a go at it. I think... Yeah, Princess Bride is a bit tricky because it's got a lot of people that... I don't want excuses, I want links, damn it. Okay. Ready? Your 30 seconds, feel free to skip 30 seconds. Starts now. Linkity-link. Da-da-da. Linkity-link. Da-da-da. Linkity. Linkity. Linkity-link. Da-da-da. Da, da, da. There are more Linkity Link episodes available on YouTube, which are exclusive, which will not be shown in the episodes, so feel free to check them out. Ten seconds left. Linkity Link. Linkity Link. Linkity Link. Linkity Link. Da, da, da. Linkity Link. Linkity Link. Linkity Link. Time's up. So, have you done it? What have you got? Right. Um. Okay, so we're going to start with Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. The Deathly Hallows Part 2. 2011 film. Yeah. So, that starred Ray Fiennes as Voldemort. Right. He plays M in James Bond. Oh, really? Yeah. The new, the new, the two new Bonds. Oh, right. Uh, which obviously stars Daniel Craig, who is married to Rachel Weiss, who was in Enemy at the Gates with Jude Law, mm-hmm. as was Ed Harris. Ed Harris was in A History of Violence with Viggo Mortensen, who played Aragorn in Lord of the Rings. Really? Which starred Christopher Lee, who was in The Wicker Man. The original Wicker Man. Who's Christopher Lee playing Lord of the Rings? Christopher Lee plays uh, Saruman. Oh, right. Not very good at names. Right. Right. Uh, So, he's in Lord of the Rings, as is Kate Blanchett, Mm -hmm. uh, who was in The Gift with Giovanni Ribisi. Uh, He was in Contraband with Mark Wahlberg whose brother is Donnie Wahlberg, who was in Saw 2 mm-hmm. and Saw 4, I think. Oh, right. And in a few of the Saw films, they star Carrie... Uh, I'm never sure how to say his name. It's Carrie Elwes. Carrie Elwes. And he was Eloise? in... Eloise? I don't know. Today. No, I think it's Carrie Elwes. And he was in The Princess Bride. Nice. I'll give you a three points for that. Well Boom. done. Very nice. Right, have you got another game for myself? I do. So, are you lying to me, god damn it? <laughs> right, you know, you're going to say that. Oh, <laughs> That's your edge. Have you got both of them right so far? You have, haven't you, in this yeah. season? Yeah. yeah. Right, let's see if I can... Slip I have, not yet. I'm in quite well. So the idea is, one of, them, one of the facts I'm going to give Christopher is true, one is a lie. Feel so free to play along. Feel, feel free. Number one. Let us know. In one of in the first meeting, right? There's soldiers in the background, right? And the scene went, you know, soldiers that we don't really know who they are. And this scene went on for so long 
They kept doing it again and again and again. And one of the soldiers fell asleep and they did not know. Yeah, there was one laying down. Right. right. <laughs> or number two. During the sedation scene, Laurie Cardell, or, oh sorry, uh, Cardill, who plays Sarah, told Miguel to slap her for real. When he tries to, when she tries to sedate him. And I mean, he does slap her. He does so slap her. Which one is true and which one is um, false? There was a guy laying down in one of the scenes of uh, the meetings. So, I'll probably go for that one. You're wrong! I'm wrong? I was lying to you, goddammit! Uh, oh no! No, that is the lie. Oh, Finally um, got you. <laughs> right. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Right. Last part of our game. We Let us know if you got that right. Yeah. I fell for that one. Um, the last part of our game, little game bit, is our ultimate survival team. So oh yeah, yeah. So far, I've pitched my one already. Right. I think so far. <laughs> so far, we've got Tom from Night of the Living Dead. He's our go out there, do that guy. Yeah. We can send him out to do anything. Tom, yeah. We don't really care about Tom. him. Yeah. We got Peter from Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. He's sort of our all rounder. He can sort of handle himself. Can yeah. do a bit of DIY. He's a soldier, isn't he? he can teach yeah. people. Yeah. They swap, swap. But he's the kind of guy we want. He's someone who can help protect yeah. us. Who can do a bit of DIY? He's good at DIY. You can send him out on a mission. You know he's going to come back. Yeah. He'll come back. I've got uh, my choice. You don't know who, who have you got? John. John? Yeah. The pilot. Helicopter. You went for a pilot last time. And we've I been went for Stephen last week. <sighs> yes, they don't come with the plane. But if we found a helicopter. 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 How many helicopters do you see laying around in one day life? Well, I'm not looking for them. Right. So, but if you were looking, would you say you would see one? If I was looking, going to airfields, looking for them, then yeah. I think at airfields, they'd be gone. People would have taken them. Well, in the, the pilots. Well, in the three films <laughs> I've seen so far, there's a helicopter in both. In two of them. In two of them. Sorry, yeah. In the, in the last two, there's been a helicopter in both. I think we need someone who can fly. Plus, John can handle himself. Who's your choice? My choice would be the engineer. What is his name? McDermott. Yeah. Okay. Because if you have a vehicle, he's your man. We'll fix it. He's not that sort of engineer. What do you mean? He's an electrical engineer. Oh, is he? He works with radios. That's still a useful thing to have. Yeah, it is. It is useful to have. But what is more useful is a helicopter pilot. Yeah. No, it's not. Right. The reason we see helicopters in these films is because they're focused around... Pilot, and when there's a pilot, it's probably going to be a plane or helicopter, right? In real life, if you have a pilot, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be going to find a helicopter. We can land it though, because we're yeah, we need remember, to find one to land first. I'm, I'm sure we've said this. We're in our fictional house in a fictional field, a fictional farmhouse, right? So our fictional farmhouse. There's me, you, Tom, and Peter. If we had John, there's plenty of fields around us to land a helicopter in. We can find a helicopter. No. <sighs> you cannot find a fictional helicopter in a fictional place with these fictional people. Fine. McDermott wins. We've got someone who can fix the microwave if it works. <laughs> That's more useful than trying to find a plane that doesn't exist. A helicopter that doesn't exist. Right. You've got to think more logical. What are you going to okay. find more likely? A car? Okay. 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 
We have McDermott. If a, if a no. helicopter pilot comes up on the no. last one, no. of the people we need, I'll let you have him. No. I'll, I'm, I'm letting you have McDermott. Just bear in mind next week. Let him. Let just him bear in mind next week, right? I chose Tom. We both decided on Peter. Yeah. You've picked Because McDermott. I convinced you there's no point in getting a pilot. Yes. And I think there is a... So the next pilot that comes up, I can have him, can I? Please let us know on Facebook if you think this is a good idea to have a pilot or not because I strongly disagree right okay pilot. And no we're having we'll McDermott get, we'll get a vote we're having on. McDermott we'll now. have a vote it's fine we're having McDermott now but I tell you what if we end up this situation if we end this and we've got our 10 man group obviously there's 8 episodes person from each episode me and you that's 10 people and there's not a pilot in there and in our fictional farmhouse universe we come across a bloody helicopter right mm-hmm. you're the one who's going to be disappointed my friend Right. It's not to say no. it's going to be working no. or his fuel. Talk about what you need to talk about. This film's annoyed me. <laughs> now you're annoying me. So if you like Minecraft, please check out um, vwars.net. That's a PC Java version and a survival server. Yeah. yeah and no, if it breaks, and McDermott a, can fix it. <laughs> there's no helicopters in there. No. What is it again? vwars.net. vwars.net, Minecraft, right. PC, Java. Do you want a clue for next week's episode? I'd love a clue. It's nearly a month away. What is? That's the clue. The episode is next week. Right. But the clue is it's nearly a month away. I think that's probably an easy clue. Is it? Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Can you have a harder one? Do you know what? Have a clue. No, do you know what? Oh, no. <laughs> you can come up with a clue next week. <laughs> I think you might have an elusive clue. No. Next week. Yeah. Don't f- forget about it. <laughs> Just... Forget it, right. You might as well just the name of the bill, right, whatever. Don't forget to go to Facebook uh, and submit your top five survival tips and your top five survival locations, or you can email us on, uh, what is it, bottleheadradiooutlook.com? Yep. Uh, don't forget <laughs> to do that before the final episode of uh, the season. Right. Uh, and please remember to rate and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts, that's iTunes, or any other podcast app you use, or on Stitcher, Podcast Addict, uh, Tuning, Google Play Music, and all good podcast apps uh, and sites. Follow, like, and share us on Facebook and on YouTube um, so you can watch our exclusive bonus linkity links that don't appear in the show. Just put Bottlehead Radio into the search bar and you'll find us on Facebook and uh, in YouTube. Uh, tell your friends about us and spread the good word. And finally, if you feel like it, you can go to patreon.com, type in Bottlehead Radio, and you can donate to the show. It helps to keep us going and improve the show. And as always, donations are never expected, but are always gratefully received. And the show will always be free, but everything donated will go back into the show. You can contact us on Facebook or on email on bottleheadradio@outlook.com. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for the fourth episode of our zombie movie season. Say bye, Chris. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you very much. Movie Seasons is a Bottlehead Radio production. Shark bait. Hoo-ha-ha.